0: Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining me today. This is Dr. Ruth. So before we get into the introduction to the New Testament teachings, and even before we get into the introduction of the Gospel of Matthew, I would like to offer a few statements that would add clarity as we proceed with this teaching. So as Most of you, hopefully, all of you are already aware the four Gospels are included among the New Testament books. Okay? Or the books of the New Covenant. But here's one thing I would like for you to keep in mind. And this came from the Lord uh, Jesus' teaching in the Lord's uh, Supper or the Last Supper. So here's the deal. Our New Covenant With God and the Lord Jesus in the middle, actually only took effect or actually began after the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. Okay? He himself teaches that clearly in the Gospels. Again, in the Lord's Supper, we will get into that. So, uh, even though the four Gospels are included among the New Testament books, that is just how during the second century when uh, the Bible was being divided into the Old and New Covenant, that's how the Lord uh, led the um, patriarchs to divide the books just for convenience. But... uh, the Lord Jesus' ministry as outlined in the Gospels which we will get into really was the Lord Jesus fulfilling all of Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. He came to offer salvation to mankind. The Lord Jesus was revealing God the Father to mankind. The Lord Jesus was uh, revealing the kingdom of God to us and then he himself said during the Last Supper that um, he is preparing a way for the new covenant, okay? And that new covenant only took place after his death, burial, and the resurrection, right? Hopefully, this is clear. Let, let, let's use a practical example. As an example, what really is a testament or a person's will? And I talk m- more about this in the introduction, but let's just uh, do a little tease here. A person's will or a testament Really, it's a legal document that outlines uh, the person's wishes and desires upon their death. Okay? Likewise, as Christians, the new covenant actually is uh, outlining God's wishes and desires. And that only became effective after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here's how I like to think about it that the Holy Spirit is the administrator of that new covenant. Okay? So I hope this adds a little clarity as we get into these teachings that uh, although the four Gospels are included in the New Testament books or New Covenant books, our New Covenant actually began after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and his ascension into heaven, and then the day of Pentecost when uh, the Holy Spirit descended upon the church glory to God. So uh, I just know you are going to be blessed by this uh, introduction into our teachings in the New Testament. And here is the teaching.
1: Welcome to our study of the New Testament books. I am Chris Oram. If you have been listening to Dr. Ruth's teachings from the Old Testament books, then you are about to gain a deeper and fuller understanding of the true nature of God in this study of the New Testament. The Bible teaches in several scriptures, such as in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16, etc., that the Lord Jesus was, and is, an exact representation of the true, living God. In other words, the Lord Jesus was God Himself, 100% in the flesh, which explains why the Bible teaches that as New Testament believers, we have a complete revelation of God, and a much better covenant with Him, because of the ministry of Jesus Christ. So, there is nothing preventing us from knowing God more and striving to have a deeper and more intimate relationship with Him. So, as we begin this study of the New Testament, we pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will reveal more of the Triune God to your hearts. Here is Dr. Ruth with the introduction of our study. Be blessed.
0: Welcome, welcome, and welcome. I am Dr. Ruth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I am super excited today. It seems as if I am always excited. (laughs) Well, I am excited to be studying the Word of God with you and growing as a child of God. Hopefully you are as excited as I am. Specifically today, I am excited because I am beginning my teachings in the New Testament. Already then, I know that some of you have been listening to my teachings from the Old Testament. I want you to continue to do so. Or, if you have not listened to my teachings out of the Old Testament, I highly recommend you do so, at the very least. Listen to the first five books of Moses out of the Old Testament so you can gain a deeper understanding as we move into the New Testament. So to begin, let us go over some basic definitions that are significant. What does the word or words New Testament mean? Obviously, New is the opposite of old, correct? As Christians, I'm sure you are aware that we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Keep in mind that the Old Testament teachings were pointing us to the New Testament. They were pointing us to the Messiah. They were pointing us to Jesus Christ. And the New Testament is a fulfillment or a revelation of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Okay? So, in a very simplistic way, the Old Testament was pointing us to the New Testament, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the New Testament really is a revelation of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, the word testament means a person's last will. A uh, declaration of a person's will, intentions, or desires. So in a way, really, the word testament is really God's will for us, his children. And the Lord Jesus really proclaimed that in the New Testament. I'm going to read this out of Luke 22 verses 19 through 20, this is the Lord Jesus now, verse 19. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, them there, referring to his disciples, saying, this is the Lord Jesus saying now, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This was pertaining to the last supper or communion. Verse 20. In the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. So we see how in Luke 22 verses 19 through 20 the Lord Jesus is saying that his body which would later be crucified on the cross. And his perfect and precious blood which would be poured out. On the cross, represent the new covenant or the new testament. And some people use the words covenant and testament interchangeably. They are both implying the same concept. What do I mean? A covenant is really a mutual agreement between two parties. If you have listened to my Old Testament teachings, I explained all of this how in the Old Testament, God had a covenant with the Jews to reflect his holiness to the other nations. Of course, it wasn't fulfilled as God intended, but you would have to go back and listen to my Old Testament teaching. But here, in the New Testament, we see the Lord Jesus saying that his body, which would later on be broken, Uh, Crucified on the cross and his perfect blood represent the new covenant. A mutual agreement, that is what a covenant means between two parties. For example, the New Testament or New Covenant is a mutual agreement between God and any human being who accepts Jesus Christ as the Messiah. So when you come into this covenant, It means you have entered a relationship with the true living God, okay, and yourself, and then Jesus Christ in the middle, because Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection made this covenant or relationship possible, which is why it is absolutely crucial that you accept Jesus Christ your Messiah so you can enter into this new covenant with God but as we get into this teaching we will uh, talk more about this and more clarity will be offered to you so really uh, that is all I want to say about that and again like I said more will be discussed later so going back to this new testament this new covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ again The Old Covenant or Old Testament is not absolute. Again, the Old Covenant or Old Testament is not abolished. Rather, it is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Because we know that the Bible teaches us that all scripture is inspired by God to teach us how to live godly lives in this dark world. So the Old Testament teachings are still absolutely relevant, just like the New Testament teachings. So going back here to our New Covenant, i.e. the New Testament, we have 27 books found in the New Testament. And these books teach us how to live in this New Covenant or new relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So New Testament has 27 books total. Four of those books are called the Gospels. We have the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we have the Book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles. And then we have 21 epistles or letters. And of course, we have the Apocalyptic Book, which is the Book of Revelation, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. So all in total, 27 books inspired by God to teach us how to live godly lives and to reveal Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to us, okay? So, um, and then we know that all of these 27 books were uh, inspired by God and written by uh, apostles or those who had first-hand eyewitness experience with Jesus Christ, Himself, Either through his earthly ministry and, of course, the apostle Paul had an encounter with the risen Christ as discussed in Acts chapter 9. So all of the writers of these 27 books of the New Testament had first-hand encounter with Jesus Christ himself. Okay. So now we get into the book of Matthew. Matthew, rather. Let us now go over some background information about this book of Matthew. Today I will begin with the gospel of Matthew. The gospel of Matthew is one of four gospels like I mentioned earlier, the other three being Mark, Luke and John. The Matthew, the gospel rather of Matthew is considered a synoptic gospel. So the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke have very similar content. I have read uh, some commentators say up to about 75 or or even 80% of the content is similar. But from a different perspective to different audiences. But the Gospel of John is unique. And we will talk about its uniqueness when we get there. So, for those of you who are wondering what uh, does the word gospel means, gospel means good news. Okay? And what is the good news? The good news that God himself, because of his love, supernaturally became a human being like one of us in the person of Jesus Christ died on that cross to deliver us from sin. To deliver us from the sinful nature that every human being born of a woman inherited because of our common ancestors, Adam and Eve. So that is the good news. That God has died for the sins of the world. And he loves us so much that he desires a relationship with us. All right? Jesus' ministry was primarily the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling us back to a relationship with holy God. So that is the good news. Glory to God that God loves us. He died for us. He wants us to get into a relationship with him. But this relationship is only possible when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We will talk more about this as we proceed. Quickly here. Keep in mind, the Gospels are not a biography of the Lord Jesus' life. <laughs> I have had many people say that the gospel accounts narrate a biography of the life of Jesus Christ. No, rather, the gospels really present a description of Jesus's short three year ministry on the earth. Again, the gospels present a description. Of the short, short rather, point nine earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Matthew presents Jesus' credentials as the Messiah. Messiah meaning the anointed one. Anointed by God to be Savior of the world. Just a quick perspective. It had been about 400 years between the Testament. From the end of the Old Testament to the time Matthew wrote his gospel, about 400 years had elapsed since the prophets of the Old Testament prophesied As unto the Lord. So it had been about 400 years since the Jews received any prophecies from God. They were patiently waiting. They had read the prophecies prior to 400 years. They knew the prophecies. They were anticipating the coming of the Messiah. So faithful Jews were patiently waiting for the Messiah to rescue them from the Roman dominion and establishment that they were experiencing at the time Jesus was birthed into this world. So that 400-year period is called the intertestamental period when it appeared as if God was silent, okay? No further prophecies were given, so the Jews were really excited. So Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, picked up his story really highlighting Jesus Christ's genealogy, essentially outlining the lineage of the Messiah. As we get into the chapters proper, you will learn that Matthew chapter 1 places heavy emphasis on the genealogy of Jesus Christ. This was significant because Matthew had to prove in his writing To the Jews that the Messiah or his lineage was or is 100% consistent with the prophecies that had been prophesied in the Old Testament. So the identity of the Messiah was significant to the Jewish culture to confirm prophecy, which is why Matthew spent the entire chapter 1 just outlining the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And this book is divided into various sections. Let's talk briefly about the various sections of the book of Matthew. This is still the background here. Like I said, chapter 1 opens with the genealogy. In essence, you could say chapters 1 and 2 of the book of Matthew discusses details surrounding the birth of the Messiah. All pointing to the fulfillment of prophecy. And then in chapter 3, John the Baptist is introduced as a forerunner for the Messiah. In chapter 4, we are told about Jesus' experience in the wilderness. Thereafter, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and began his public ministry. In chapters 5 through 7, Jesus begins his public ministry and opens with a popular Sermon on the Mount called the Beatitudes. We will get into that. And in chapters 8 and 9, Matthew is revealing Jesus Christ's authority over sicknesses and diseases. And we will see the Lord Jesus performing countless miracles. And we proceed to uh, chapters 12 through 12. Chapters 20 of the book of Matthew, where we will learn how the Lord Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of heaven and how he encountered great opposition or oppositions from the religious leaders, specifically the Pharisees and even the Sadducees. Towards the end of the book, as we get to chapter 24, the Lord Jesus knew his time on the earth was near, so he began paying more attention in teaching his disciples about the future and how they should live in this life until he returns. We also see that in chapter 25. And then towards the end of the book, chapters 26 through 28, the focus is on the Lord Jesus' final days on the earth. He uh, taught about the Last Supper, his prayer at Gethsemane, his betrayal, his trial, the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. And the book concluded with a great commission. Boy, there's, there is, this book is so rich. I am so excited about all that the Lord will teach us as we go through these chapters here. So continuing here with some background information, let's go over some vital statistics about the book of Matthew. This book has three major purposes. Number one, to prove or show that Jesus Christ was and is indeed the anointed one, the Messiah, the eternal king, the promised king the Jews had been waiting for. That was our uh, purpose number one. Purpose number two is to explain the kingdom of God. And our uh, purpose number three was to offer instruct- instructions for the church. Church here collectively, this is called the Great Commission for the church. And we will discuss this when we get to uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, uh, verse 20 there. Who was the author? It is generally accepted. The author was Matthew, the Apostle Matthew, who was a former tax collector. Boy, just to give you perspective, tax collectors were hated by the Jews because the tax collectors worked for the Roman Empire and they collected taxes from their own brethren, the Jews. So they were despised, they were considered sinners. But we will see how the Lord Jesus approached Matthew and said, Follow me. And without hesitation, he followed Jesus. Bottom line, Jesus Christ had and still calls sinners into repentance and to become his followers. So we see that in the uh, Apostle Matthew, who became a follower of Jesus Christ and a first-hand eyewitness to his ministry. Thus, lending 100% credibility, authenticity to his writings. Which is one of the 10 reasons why you can trust the Bible. Because uh, the authors, specifically here talking about the New Testament, the authors or writers were all eyewitness to the ministry of Jesus Christ or had a personal encounter with him such as the Apostle Paul. Okay, when was this book written? Bible scholars agree it was written approximately AD 60 65. This was before the uh, destruction of Jerusalem, which took place in AD 70. This is obvious because the Apostle Matthew. Mentioned this in his writing, especially when we come to uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 5, where he described Jerusalem still as a standing city. He called it the holy city. So this book was written before the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. That is uh, generally accepted. So who was the audience or who was in Matthew's mind when he wrote this book? Primarily the Jews. Jews plus us today, followers of Jesus Christ, or to anyone who would want to argue Jesus' credentials as the Messiah. Why is this so? Because this Gospel of Matthew lay heavy, tremendous emphasis on Jesus' fulfilling Old Testament prophecies. This book is like a link between the Old Testament prophecies, And the fulfillment in the New Testament through the ministry of Jesus Christ. So again, this book is filled with messianic languages. The Apostle Matthew used messianic languages such as the son of David is used throughout the gospel. And about 53 quotations or citations from the Old Testament are referenced here in this gospel of Matthew and another about 76 other references from the Old Testament are cited in this gospel of Matthew. So Matthew was focused on really writing to the Jews to really he used their language he reminded them of Old Testament prophecies he really wanted to reveal to them explained to them that Jesus Christ was really that Messiah that had been prophesied throughout the Old Testament prophecies. So uh, the uh, Apostle Matthew presented clear convincing evidence to his readers, i.e. the Jews, that Jesus Christ was and is the Messiah, Savior of the world, as prophesied in the Old Testament. And we will get into all these prophecies as we get into the various chapters in this book. Continuing here, still with some vital statistics, there are five major themes out of the book of Matthew. Theme number one, the theme of the Messiah. Okay, like I said earlier, pointed Jesus Christ as the long-awaited Messiah Of course, we know that the Jews rejected him because they wanted a physical kingdom. They were looking for a Messiah who was going to establish a physical kingdom so that this Messiah would deliver them from the oppression they were experiencing from the Romans. But Jesus' primary motive during his first coming was to deliver mankind from that sinful nature, to give us a new heart and to reveal the kingdom of God to the world. You see, the Jews (laughs) did not even realize that they were so oppressed. They were in bondage in their sins and Jesus came for that. So they misunderstood his agenda. But on the second coming of Jesus Christ, he will establish his physical kingdom here on the earth. So measure theme number two is about Jesus Christ the King. The book revealed Jesus Christ as a king of kings. He is a lord of lords. His miraculous birth, his life, his miracles, boy, are timeless. And they are unmatched. So he truly was and is revealed in this book as a king of kings and lord of lords. Theme number three, the kingdom of God. This book reveals how the kingdom of God operates. Quite opposite From the kingdom of this world. Okay. In the kingdom of God. (laughs) God says that. We should love our enemies. We should pray for our enemies. We should turn the other cheek. We should forgive. Quite opposite from the kingdom. Of this world. And we will talk more about this. Through the teachings of Jesus. Major. Theme number four. The timeless teachings of jesus christ he uses illustrations to to make it vivid and and to enhance understanding he used parables through his teachings to describe how the kingdom of god works how to access the kingdom of god by one key ingredient faith in god and how to be fruitful we will uh, get into uh, that later and the fifth and last major theme of this book glory to god is the resurrection The resurrection of Jesus Christ, who was killed and buried. And after the third day, he was raised from the dead bodily form, fulfilling all prophecies. Only Jesus Christ has done this in the history of the world. No, no human being will ever do this. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ established him as the Messiah. His victory over death gave him power and authority over all evil over death and confirms his authority in heaven and on earth. Even death could not stop Jesus Christ. So those were the five major themes out of the book of Matthew. So I am really hoping that you are excited I'm sure you have sensed excitement in my voice. And I'm really hoping that you are really uh, just open to, to learn more about these this, uh, teachings and, and the, the prophecies. And, and really about this man, Jesus Christ, if you don't know him. So I am just going to pray right now before we continue. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and Savior. I thank you that your word never return void. I thank you that whenever your word is proclaimed, you yourself have told us that signs and wonders will follow. Father, as I begin this teaching of the Gospel of Matthew, I am trusting you that hearts are open to receive this teaching. Father, I am trusting you that for those who do not know Jesus Christ personally, this will be an opportunity that you will speak to their hearts and you will just... Confirm it in their heart. And they will come to a firm acceptance that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And they will come into a relationship with you through your beloved son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for you are a faithful God. I know and I believe by faith you have answered this prayer. And, Father, I have prayed in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody says, Amen.
1: We hope you are all geared up to begin this exciting study of the ministry of the Lord Jesus through the Gospel of Matthew. May our loving God continue to reveal more of himself to you today and always in Jesus' name. Until next time, enjoy your day.